0: Welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer podcast, I'm Shan VanderLeek, here with my wonderful friend and co-host Ananga Sevier. We come together weekly from Kent and Leelanau to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and answer listener questions from our inbox and Facebook page. Together we share a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety. This week we're talking about getting through the things we face in life that can feel so overwhelming. Hi, Ananga. Hey, Shan. I was just realizing that it's like a month from today that I'll be heading to England (laughs) and and we'll be in the same room with you. And I'm so excited to give you a big hug and and see your beautiful face.
1: Me too. It's amazing. After 10 years of friendship and we finally get to hug and laugh in the same space.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Well, today we're talking about something that's really important that all of us face as human beings, and that's getting through the things that come up in life, that we face in life, that can feel very, very overwhelming. And as you know, when the little things feel big and too much to cope with, it's usually a nudge that we need to slow down and take better care of ourselves. Yeah,
1: something to watch out for with overwhelm. Sometimes there are the, the bigger events coming up that we need to prepare for and support ourselves for. Sometimes it's the little things that just feel too much, even the simplest things like like getting up and making your bed, and that's when we really need to take care of ourselves and listen in. Overwhelm can be a response to anxiety, to change in our life, to trauma, exhaustion, physical or mental exhaustion, or depression. It can be an indicator that we're feeling quite low. And while we often feel like we should push through, it's seldom helpful. So I think really the message of this episode is about listening in and responding to overwhelm rather than reacting, just listening into the message and seeing how we can best support ourselves when that's how
0: we feel. Over the years, the pendulum has really swung for me, uh, having been a person who used to push through and then inevitably hit a wall and my body would just refuse to cooperate (laughs) (laughs) because I wasn't listening. Uh, to now being really mindful of checking in and slowing down. Uh, what I guess it's been a week ago, ten days ago, I rolled my ankle pretty good, and it was a reminder of, of how I need to slow down and take really good care of myself while healing, so that when I come visit in a month, my ankle will be nice and healed, and I'll be walking well and And in the past, I would have pushed that, and it would have been harder to heal. It would have been, go, 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 anyway, wrap it up and go. And I spent uh, the first four or five days pretty much with my feet up and not doing a whole lot around the house and asking for support, and it felt good. It felt strange, but it was very helpful to listen versus to push through and perhaps harm myself again.
1: Yeah, and the same really applies with that example that you just shared and and with our mind feeling that there's things we should be able to tackle and take on. And uh, I remember when I was suffering with chronic illness, how it would look to others like I was resting, but I'd just be propped up with a pillow, thinking of all the things I couldn't tackle. So feeling very overwhelmed with the tiniest task. And if I was able to do a little bit of housework, my mind would go to what I didn't do. Mm. And it would feel like I'd made a tiny dent, or a, you know, just done such a tiny thing, and then I'd look at the windows that I I couldn't clean because my arms hurt too much. You know, I, I'd pay for it for days, so I'd do a little something, and and then go back and sit, and I'd be uncomfortable and think, oh God, you know, it's all getting on top of me. I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that. And over time, long time, I'm a slow learner in that regard, and I was very much a pusher a I had to learn to celebrate the little things and, you know, to do what we can and and then be good with them. And I think if I was able in, in the beginning of that illness to respond with more kindness to myself
0: mm-hmm.
1: and maybe do a tiny little thing every day, then I could go to bed at night knowing I'd done a tiny thing. And as we know, they add up, they're cumulative. So to celebrate the little things we can do.
0: Yeah, that's big. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, quote that you shared by Dr. Claudia Welch, who's an Ayurvedic teacher and author. Will you share that with us today? Yeah, she's an incredible
1: teacher, somebody with a lot of knowledge and humor and heart. And I always pay attention when she shares information. And she talks about how we get stuck in stress, but I also apply this to, to overwhelm, which is why I wanted to share it for this episode. She says that ironically, the more cortisol we have in the bloodstream, the more sensitive we become to stressful events. Even small events, such as being late for work or having a minor allergic reaction, will trigger the release of even more stress hormones. And we're caught in a downward spiral of stress, provoking a hypersensitivity to stress. So pretty soon we begin to feel stressed out and battle ready or battle fearful most of the time. And it becomes a way of life. And that's Dr. Claudia Welch, who's a wonderful Ayurvedic teacher and author. And for me, I take that also to apply to anxiety, how we get stuck in anxiety and how we can get stuck in overwhelm, where if you can take a group of people and look, how do different people respond to the events she's describing being late for work? Mm. Are you going to respond in a relaxed way? Are you going to be clenching your fists, hunching your shoulders, thinking of all the things you're missing? There's so many different ways we can react to stress and so many different ways we can respond. And often when an event's beyond our control, we suffer because we're still trying to control. And we're thinking of the repercussions down the line, but we don't have to respond by increasing our sense of overwhelm to every situation. We have to train ourselves. And it's a real work in progress and a lifetime's work in progress. But I think really important just to to listen to what Dr. Claudia has to say about that and to consider getting caught in this downward spiral of stress or anxiety or overwhelm. It's very easy with overwhelm where there'll be one thing that feels too big, it feels insurmountable, but it starts to overshadow back down the line until it really does get to the little things and when that happens we tend to become very low energy and low mood and it's particularly hard to start
0: tackling things and it's a difficult situation to be in we have a number of suggestions to practice when you're feeling this way when you're in that space of overwhelm and when things just feel like it's too much and one of the places that I like to start or where I recommend we start is the journaling process, something that we talk about quite a bit. But to get down on paper what it is you're feeling concerned about, what is overwhelming you. Uh, last week, I felt good about making a to-do list that I knew I couldn't get to while I was laid up. But it helped me feel organized enough so that when I could be more mobile. I knew what needed to be done and I had my brain wrapped around that. And as a, a pit brain, you know how that <laughs> made me very happy to have some sort of roadmap, even though I couldn't walk on the road that particular day. The other part and piece is asking for support or talking to a trusted friend. And I'm so grateful for your friendship, Ananga, and I know you are for mine as well, because we can reach out and and ask for support. And we both have the tools and resources, but because we're good friends, even though we can look at something and know what it is, it's still such a relief to be heard and to let those emotions flow however they need to with somebody that you trust.
1: Yeah, and to voice. And I think uh, sometimes with overwhelm, it, it can feel a bit like a pressure cooker. Everything's building up. With the lid on and journaling, asking for support, confiding in a trusted friend, voicing your concerns. To me, that's just like you turn the dial on the pressure cooker and you just let some steam out, let some pressure off. And Mm -hmm. it's the simplest and oldest thing, but very valuable, incredibly valuable. And also with journaling, emptying your head onto the page is is one thing that gives that release. But Also to journal The Little Triumphs. And I've been keeping a journal for many, many years. And it surprises me when I look back over what I would tell myself were difficult and unproductive days to see what I'd read, prayers I'd offered, quotes I'd noted down, aspirations. And it's good I wrote it down because my history is uh, more kind to me than I can be on a day-to-day basis. Right. When I'm suffering. So it's good to chronicle your triumphs. Mm -hmm. You know, note them down, note down your aspirations, note down the things you love, the things you aspire to, the things that enthuse you. Really important. And also to share those with trusted friends because a friend can hold that with you and for you. And really important, really helpful.
0: We talk a lot about getting out for fresh air and sunshine and moving your body. That's another. Part when you're feeling overwhelmed, the worst thing that you can do is just sit still, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, and so moving, even just a little bit, um, getting out and allowing yourself to take some nice deep breaths and bringing in that fresh air. Thankfully, in northern Michigan, the sun started to pop out a little bit more in the last few days, and to just let that sun beat on your face, yeah. and give thanks for the warmth and And these things are so small when you think about it. It doesn't take hardly any energy at all to give this gift to yourself when you're feeling like everything's just too much.
1: Yeah, it stops us being frozen and locked down. We get out in nature and we see the beauty and it's all unfolding all around us in England. We're enjoying a a very colorful early spring. So uh, I've been sure to go to the botanical gardens that I love as often as I can. And one way that I learned to cope with feeling overwhelmed, uh, in my case due to trauma, was to take photographs of nature to really engage my senses, to lock my sight down. Mm
0: -hmm. Then
1: I like to touch the flowers, smell the flowers. Then I like to kind of zoom back and look at them in context with their neighbours. But really taking pictures for me helped me appreciate and become much more mindful because I could go to a beautiful botanical garden and not feel like I was there due to overwhelm, just feel disassociated and too much coping going on within me to just breathe it all in. So that was one thing I started doing, to just be very present and uh, it's very healing. And of course, Ayurveda always recommends Get out in nature, breathe it in, smell it, feel it, yeah. look at it, oh, yeah. appreciate it. You know, get your shoes off and get your feet in the dirt at the earliest warm opportunity to do so. And definitely very healing.
0: I enjoyed your picture, your most recent pictures of all of the trees and, you know, being behind you in the in the season to see uh the new plant life and the trees and all of that and just to see how you're caring for yourself is is in- incredibly smart and yeah. every week it changes i know it's so
1: nice new friends this week we saw a ringneck parakeet up in a tree in a bean tree indian bean tree crunching away and the pods were falling down by our feet and last week we saw a beautiful nut hatch and one week you see buds, and then the next week there's flowers and right it's so lovely. It's just really nice to be in in step in step with the season. I think for me, that's the greatest cure for disassociation is to really get in step with nature and as we often teach with the mindfulness grounding practice, Shan, which you shared recently on our patreon page, to really get our senses as involved as we possibly can
0: mm-hmm. and another area that I think is incredibly important. As you know, Ananga, I have been uh, making massage and energy work a part of my life for years and years and years. And just uh, as, as things sometimes fall in alignment so beautifully, I had a massage set up last Monday, which was two days after rolling my ankle. And to move the energy through my body and to have a healer. Very gently, carefully working on my ankle and to get that trauma gone. Mm -hmm. And then to follow that up with the energy work that I know how to do and patting down my meridians, doing some Qigong, having this playbook in front of me. Okay, this is what I need. This is what I need. This is how I can best care for myself so that I wouldn't get stuck in overwhelm about, oh my goodness, how am I going to do this, 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 this when I'm barely able to get around
1: yeah
0: all of that and to just say okay wait this is about what what does my body and mind need right now and it needed that massage and it needed me to follow up with the energy work yeah and it needs me to get on my yoga mat in the morning okay. even if i'm only doing a few asanas for my root chakra just enough
1: yeah as the saying goes the issues are in our tissues and uh Dr. Vasant Lad, one of my favorite Ayurvedic teachers, teaches that a lot of trauma and stress and anxiety, it goes to our connective tissue, Mm. the fascia tissue in the body. So really stretching with yoga, qigong, energy work. And of course, EFT tapping is also energy healing. We're tapping to clear the blockages. We're tapping to release what's stuck and what's causing us emotional or physical discomfort. And massage, yeah, massage is just such a a blessing for receiving that attention to the areas where there's rigidity and stagnation and just moving that tissue, which of course then it informs our overall health and well-being. but it does come back to our mind and it does come back to grounding and, and releasing anxiety.
0: And all of those things contribute to feeling better mind, body, and soul. This is a time when you deserve to nourish your mind with the things that inspire you. You know what they are, the music, the poetry, the books, nature, people, what's happening in your circle of influence. You know what is to be true for you. Those are things for you to really dig into when that low energy kind of grabs you by the tail.
1: Yeah, nourishing our mind is really important at such times. Rather than looking at what we can't do, coming back to looking at what we love,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: what inspires us what gives us enthusiasm there's a beautiful sanskrit word which is applied to spiritual life utsahan utsahan means enthusiasm and it conveys a certain energy and cheerfulness to me that word hmm that's what we need to get through things when we have some enthusiasm then our energy comes up and we can tackle anything so instead of looking at what we can't do and zooming in on the overwhelm and making it mountainous and then letting it leach into other areas of our life, which is what the mind will naturally let it do. Go to what you love. Go to what inspires you. Go to what nourishes and uplifts your mind and what brings energy into the mind. And when the mind is energized, then
0: it can tackle anything. Right. And we do have a favorite Bach flower remedy for overwhelm, and it's elm. It's an individual remedy. Elm is for when we feel overwhelmed by our responsibilities, and it supports us when we feel burdened, when we feel like we don't have any confidence or lose confidence in our ability to cope with what's going on in our lives. It's an excellent remedy. We've both used it. It's included in my mixture of of drops right now, actually, that I've created recently, because I was starting to feel a little bit low when I was uh, unable to get on with things and and move around. And I knew what to do. I knew that bark flower remedies would help along with all of the other areas that we've discussed today.
1: Yeah. Elm is one of my absolutely favorite remedies. And you can find it in most good health stores or Amazon or Nelson's online. It's different to rescue remedies, but the bark flower collection has several individual remedies. And um, it's... It's so effective. I can usually feel elm working for me within 24 hours. I start to get a sense of possibility and hope. And the beautiful thing about bark flower remedies is when you read the the description in the store, it tells you what it helps, the negative state that it helps, but what often isn't expressed is the positive state that it brings. So elm is for, as you said, sham. when we lose confidence in ourselves or in our ability to cope, but it, it buoys that confidence up, the positive benefit. Of it is that we begin to feel a sense of capability and possibility, and and it brings some definite light into the mind. Really recommend looking into bark flower remedies and Dr. Bark himself and his journey is quite fascinating. So well worth a Google.
0: (laughs) It sure is. Well, I'm grateful that we came together today to talk about overwhelm and all of the things that you can do to support yourself when you when you're feeling low. We also have a. few more days left on our special offer for how to calm your fragile mind. If you've been thinking about the course, head over to anxietyslayer.teachable.com and you can save 25% with the coupon code PEACE. All of the information is available for you at the website. Thanks again, Ananga. I look forward to coming together with you again next week.